When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I am your host, Eric Fisher. This is the show where we talk to the people behind the productivity. And once again, it is my privilege to bring to you a conversation I had with one of my favorite people and most productive people out there on the internet these days, Justin Wise. Justin is head of Think Digital. That is a place where they teach businesses how to come up with a social media strategy. And I have to say, He knows his stuff, but not only that, he is somebody who I've wanted to have this conversation with for a while, which was centered around this word that you hear that has positive and negative connotations and reactions to it, the word hustle. And we get into that. We get into what it means for him, what it means to me, what possible positive, negative connotations, all that kind of stuff, what it is how to do it or not do it, what is the right meaning behind doing it or not doing it, and how to do it best. And as you can see, I'm kind of dancing around what we actually talked about, but it was one of these conversations I just had been boiling in the back of my mind on the back burner for a while and simmering and just knew Justin was the right person, especially when he had written about it before. So enjoy this conversation with Justin Wise about hustle. And before that, I want to give you, again, a quick highlight of a lynda.com course. And this one, again, I'm picking these because they go right hand in hand with the topic of the show. This one's all about avoiding burnout. It's with Todd DeWitt. And this one's short. This one's pretty cool. It's actually really, really new. It's about a month old as of the time of this recording of this show. If you have a lynda.com account, then you can get this for free. You already have access. If you don't, then this is a great time to jump on board with lynda.com. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash T-O-D-O. That link will get you a free 10-day trial. And again, this course called Avoiding Burnout is literally a 32-minute and 49-second. It's like a video podcast all about avoiding burnout, the causes of it, why it matters, what is stress versus what is burnout why burnout reduces our productivity and saps our energy and leaves us overwhelmed. I think we've all been there. This is a great topic, and it pairs really well, (laughs) like a fine wine, with this show and this conversation with Justin Wise about hustle. This avoiding burnout with Todd DeWitt is awesome. So again, if you have lynda.com, great. Type in avoiding burnout in the search. To get access to this, Along with the other courses that I have suggested in the past, you can get a free 10-day trial for lynda.com by going to lynda.com slash T-O-D-O. That's lynda.com slash T-O-D-O. And once you do that and you grab your free trial, head on in and search for Avoiding Burnout. It is my privilege to welcome back to the show 
Justin Wise. Justin, welcome. Yeah. So good to be here. <laughs> you you've been on the show before, and yep. I don't know. It's been like it's been more than a year, something like that. Anyways, it's been too long. We keep saying, man, we got to do more stuff together. And mm. some point in the past couple of months, you had this blog post come out, and you were talking about the word hustle, and it caught me because I I hear people talking about this word all the time, and I feel like. It's one of those things, you know, the the Princess Bride reference where the one guy says to the other, I don't think that word means what you think it means. Mm. And so you are one of the most productive or accomplished people I know in your, uh, maybe in your own mind, but also in mine. <laughs> And uh, I could tell that's, that's what I wanted to say. And I was like, I'm just going to go there. So anyway... Oh. I, I'm still talking too much, but uh, first and foremost, you get a lot done. You're very structured. You're very organized. You're running a team, lots of different things going on. But first and foremost, before we go into any of that, that word hustle, what does it mean to you? And what do you think other people think it means? So to me, a hustle, I think, is a good thing in measure. It basically means you are trying to get something off the ground. and you have to put in more than you're probably comfortable putting in for a specific amount of time. Mm. That's what hustle means to me. Now, what I think it means to other people, my perception is that it means you're constantly working mm. and you're always doing something and that's never enough and you're always going and that's the only way to win. And I think that's baloney. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the things that you stated earlier was that it's a specific amount of time. Yeah. For me, I, I hear the word hustle and, and and my my definition, there's actually multiple definitions, by the way. The word hustle either means to uh, cheat somebody, which is not what we're talking about at all, or it means to move swiftly. It doesn't say anything about uh, effort. Well, it does say effort. Hustle inherently means a higher burst of effort for a significant or specific, I should say, amount of time. When I think of hustling, I think of, okay, there's a specific task, then I'm going to go hustle on that for a specific amount of time. Or maybe it's not a specific amount of time, but it's as much time that it takes to get that thing done, but I'm only working on that thing and I'm pushing it forward and trying to push it further and faster or something like that. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So, and again, it's, it's one of those things. I mean, we, we hear John Acuff use the word. We hear Gary V use the word. I think either one of those, you know, again, I feel like Gary uses it all the time and I'm not sure that what he's saying is what we mean. But at the same time, I think a lot of people don't, <laughs> I think a lot of people when they hear him say it, think something else entirely. Like they just that grinding and not in a good way, yes. but the bad way. Like it's grinding you down and you just got to keep doing it. Yeah. I mean, I think when you when you look at a guy like Gary Vaynerchuk who says hustle, and that's really become his mantra. He and really just means a, work ethic, right? Yeah. I mean, ultimately, that's what you're getting at. It's you have a mindset that is never – don't get comfortable. Uh, don't sit on your laurels. Mm-hmm. Don't wait for opportunity to come to you. Go and create your own opportunities. That fundamentally is what he means. 
And I, agree. I, mean, I don't, at least that's the way that I perceive it. He mm-hmm. may get on this and hear me say that and say, no way, that's not what I mean <laughs> well, at all. Hey, hey, if Gary V ever listens to this episode, I invite Gary V to come and talk about this. Yeah, but I mean, people see that and what they don't realize is that Gary Vaynerchuk has a team of, you know, a close knit, I would say executive team of a dozen people. And he does what he does and they do what they do. So he's, you know, I think the insidiousness of hustle is that people think that they can do it all and they can do it all themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that is another one of those uh, fallacies and you've been to his New York city headquarters, right? Yeah. I spent, I mean, he was there for a very short amount of time, but, um, but you toured it, and you saw like the team setup that, that he had going on. Yeah. So, so he's I not, spent, he's no one man operation. No, no, <laughs> no. And that's what I think people, people see him, but they don't realize that, you know, he has a very smart and creative and kind team behind him that is allowing him to do what he does and, and does very well. But I think too, that goes back to what we were talking about originally is that there was a time where he was the only guy. Mm. He was it, but he didn't stay that way. Because he knows to create anything of lasting value, you must bring other people into the fold. It's unavoidable. The key thought there that I think a lot of people, when they're first starting out in doing kind of their own thing, like Gary Vee has done and now done consistently for, geez, 10, probably more than that now, years. I only knew about him for about 10 years now was, yeah, maybe in the beginning, yes, you do a lot. You put in a lot more hours because that's what's required of you to get something off the ground, like you put right at the beginning when we started to define that word. Oh, yeah. If you have something that needs to get done, if you want to build a business, and I can only speak from my own experience, but when I was starting Think Digital, there was no one there to say, hey, can you learn about like payment processors? (laughs) Can, can you figure out sequencing in Infusionsoft? Can you answer customer support emails? Can you go generate leads? I was that guy for all of it. Yeah. But eventually, I knew that if I was going to have any chance at sustaining what I had built, then just working more wasn't going to be the answer. And you get to a point where it's like, even if I work 24-7 and work every day of the year, I will never get done everything that needs to get done. How's that for a sobering thought? Wow, you just broke my brain. It's but true. it's true. Yes. <laughs> well, you, and that and the fact that literally there is always more to be done. Always. Always. So, yeah. I, I And I think that's the thing is I think we believe this lie of – what most people term as hustle, I'm going to say is more like a perpetual hustle, and mm-hmm. which is unhealthy. You wear yourself down to the point where you're ineffective. So Yeah, but you think it's cool. Right. Well, yeah, and, and I think that's the thing that I was getting at and trying to figure out, you know, what you were saying or not saying in that, that post so far ago, that, uh, that there was this kind of this fallacy that, or, or it was bragging rights, basically. Look, I'm mm-hmm. hustling. Look, look how hard I'm working. Look how long I'm working. Look how many hours or, you know, but honestly, I don't care how many hours you're working. Just show me what you got done. Nobody cares. 
I mean that in the kindest way possible to everyone listening because I've had to tell myself that. Where my tendency has been, especially when I was just starting, I was, you know, broadcasting, oh, put in another 14-hour day, 15-hour day, 16-hour day. Do you know how many people on the planet care about that? No one. Maybe my mom. Yeah. Uh, You know who I know cares about that is probably your wife, and she's probably wishing you weren't doing it. Right. (laughs) No, you're totally right. And you have to, I mean, that's another aspect of hustle that I don't think people understand when they glorify perpetual work, when they glorify that, you know, that all comes with opportunity. And I don't know the ins and outs of anybody's life. But when I see someone who brags consistently about how much they work, how many hours they put in, how much hustle they're putting in, and it never seems to have an end point, I think one of two things. I think number one, they may be lying mm-hmm. and, they're, and they're saying this to to either make themselves feel better or make themselves seem more impressive or they're not lying and their family or their personal life is in complete and total shambles. Mm. Yeah, to- I totally agree. Right? Well, that, I mean, and again, you're hitting the nail on the head, and this is why. The title of this show is Beyond the To-Do List. It's not just about getting a list of stuff done. It's what getting that list done or not getting it done gets you in life. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes not caring, <laughs> you know, again, you, you shouldn't be putting anything on a list you, sh- you don't want to get done, but... Uh, Anyways, yeah, that lie of the hustle and the way that that glorification happens to the detriment of what's really important and whether or not you're lying to yourself or to everyone else, or if you're being truthful, what that impact, what that's really impacting. So I had this idea of starting a podcast called the Team No Hustle Podcast. And the whole podcast was going to be around this idea of, Every podcast that you and I listen to, for the most part, ascribes in some way, shape, or form to the philosophy of hustle is good. And I want to temper this by saying I do believe in the concept of hustle. I really strongly believe in the concept of hustle having a termination point. It's a sprint. It's a sprint. So you say, hey, for the next six months, I'm going to put my nose to the grindstone and I'm going to do some checks and balances, put those in place with my family, with my spouse, with my whomever to make sure I don't totally crash and burn. But for the next six months or three months or whatever it is, this is what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. But Team No Hustle would be the actual opposite of the hustle culture where I would only interview people who had businesses that could like run without their direct involvement. Ah, okay. Wouldn't yeah. that be interesting? That is interesting. I mean, again, I think that some people would find that hard to do. I know there are those I know that there are those people out there, but I do wonder, I don't know, we're talking macro and micro level involvement there, you know, and even yeah. oversight or not. And but that that is an interesting concept for a show for sure. Well, for me, it's like this, okay? I hustle, so eventually I won't have to hustle. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you put in the hustle moments, you put in those chunks of hustle time and energy so that you don't have to do that. Yeah. I don't like, I'm lazy. I'm actually pretty lazy. (laughs) And so 
I want to find the quickest way possible to be lazy all the time. Now, that doesn't mean I don't work hard. Like, I guarantee, so I work in downtown Des Moines, and we are in between two insurance buildings. They employ together probably 25% of Des Moines. Mm. And I guarantee you, I work harder than anybody in that in any of those buildings. I guarantee it. But I don't want to be doing that forever. In fact, I want to be doing it for a short amount of time, relatively speaking, uh, you know, in regards to my entire life. Because what I don't want to do is just have this steady drip of work, which is how I think, unfortunately, a lot of our friends and family approach work, where it's just something you have to do. And you just put in your hours, you clock in, you clock out, and you do it all again the next day and you live for the weekends. That is my definition of hell. And that's trading time for dollars. Right. Exactly. There's two things going on here. Number one, I want to, if anybody out there would consider themselves in the hustle right now, I want to applaud them. I want to give them a pat on the back virtually or sonically because... Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Thank you for the sound effects. That, that, that was it's the Foley artist in me. No, it's it's that was kind of more like a, a golf clap, but still. Here, let me so, see if I let me see if I can get it. There, that was literally a bat uh, a back pat. Wonderful. Continue. I mean, that's for the listener out there <laughs> who, who's in the hustle because ninety nine percent of people on this planet will avoid the hustle at all costs. They don't want to do it. They don't know how to do it. They are scared of it. So the folks who say, I'm going to grind and I'm going to work on this. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you enjoy Beyond the To-Do List, I invite you to check out Best Laid Plans. I'm Sarah Hart Unger, the host of Best Laid Plans, a podcast devoted to all things planning and planning adjacent. I talk about everything from paper planner reviews to deep dives into all things productivity from keeping track of goals and tasks to fitting in your true priorities and reducing the stress around planning and organizing across different areas of life. I am a practicing physician and mother of three, so I have a lot going on in my own life and am intimately familiar with the time constraints that impact us all. And I love sharing my own productivity strategies and learning from others who have their own ideas to share. I invite you to check out Best Laid Plans, available on all podcast platforms, or visit my website, theshoebox.com, T-H-E-S-H-U-B-O-X.com to learn more. Thing or this idea or this business or whatever, I love those folks who take the initiative. 
Because the other the the alternative is what we just spoke about. The alternative is to find a job that you can moderately tolerate that pays you just enough so you're not suffering, and you do that for the majority of your days. That's miserable, and unfortunately, that's most people on this planet. Mm-hmm. So the hustle. I want to I want to call out those folks who are in the hustle. To now for that group specifically, I would say you need to learn how to control the hustle and not let the hustle control you because the hustle's there for your benefit. You're not there for the benefit of the hustle. And so putting parameters around that, I think for me has really, has taken some time and it's never a complete process, but having ways to keep that in check and ensuring that I'm staying connected to reality, yeah, you know, not letting it overtake me. I just have this picture of venom and oh, the Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah, the Spider-Man uh, villain. Is it? It's his. Uh, his his suit is a, is a symbiote. Symbiote. Yes. Yeah. Symbiote, something like that. But it basically lives off him, and and controls him and overtakes him. And I feel my fear is that that's how many people. Uh, that's how they allow the hustle into their lives. It overtakes them. Because here's the thing: if you hustle and you're halfway decent at it, you'll see results, and those results are addicting. Whether it's more, a bigger audience, a bigger platform, more money, more opportunities, that's super addicting. And so it's very easy to let the hustle take over. But I think putting parameters in place mm-hmm. is, is vital. Okay, so let's talk about that then. I think that uh, we've already established that true hustle, real hustle, is for a predetermined chunk of time. Do you think that it makes sense to say... I mean, we we said this already with uh, with ter- I think we've already said it. It also is tied to an intentionality behind a you know specific task. Right? Yes. Do yes. You, do you think that time doesn't matter as much if we're focused? Like, if we say, okay, I don't know how long this such and such project is going to take, but I'm going to hustle at it till it's done. Or is it let me allot this amount of time for it and this amount of time in that you know, season or stretch of time for it. And let's see where we're at. What's the approach here? Yeah, it's more along those lines where you'll say something like, hey, um, this is where goal setting is super important or objective planning, right? Mm -hmm. So like, here's what I want to get out of this. So for me, it's sounding very similar to like, hey, here's this quarter. Uh, Here's the next 90 days of the business. Right. Here are the things that I'm going to sprint on. And... At the end of the quarter, here's what I want to have accomplished. Um, and then I'll reevaluate. So if the sprint and the hustle works, then you can say, okay, great, that worked. Now, how do we build a system around that to sustain the momentum and, in fact, amplify and exponentially grow the results I was able to achieve via the hustle? I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because you've proven it can be done, but right. it's not sustainable unless you can create some sort of systematic sa- sustainability. Exactly right. That's good. Okay, I like that's, that. Well, that's like, for me anyway, that's how our business runs. It's, I will get in the driver's seat, I will try a new initiative or a new product or a new process or a new course or whatever, and give it a, a, give it a predetermined amount of time to say, we're going to see if this is going to succeed. Here's what success looks like. If it doesn't succeed, we're going to kill it. I mean, to be perfectly transparent, that's why my podcast, the Think Digital Podcast, it, that's why we don't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Because I set a time set, I set a, a zone, and you know, 
Eric, how hard it is to put on a consistent podcast. I do. It's very difficult. If people listening to this podcast don't know how hard Eric works, he works very hard to put this out consistently, and it's difficult. Well, let me let me answer that question that's not there, but I'm giving one, whatever, is that it is yeah. it has been hard work at times, but... I've done exactly what you said is is I have set up kind of, okay, I got to get a consistent podcast out there, so I'm going to sprint on it. And then once I've done that for, you know, a month or two months worth of episodes, I say, okay, how do I duplicate that without me having to work as hard to get it done? And I have figured that out. I've started to crack that for myself uh, for the future. So there you go. Well, you should teach a course on it or something. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. So you can do that method of the controlled hustle. Now, the other side of it is like, because if you don't set controls, here's what happens. And I I talk to these entrepreneurs all the time. I swear to myself, I will do, this is probably unhealthy. Okay. So self-admittedly, this is probably not healthy, but I swear to myself, I will never become these types of entrepreneurs. And it is like my darkest, deepest fear is becoming an entrepreneur like this guy that I met I met with probably I don't know 6 months ago. And he can he come he comes in and we start talking and I'm going to help him, you know, build out a digital marketing plan. Okay, so that's kind of the the premise of our of our meeting together. Well, I start asking him questions about his business, like, "Hey, you know, what do you want to accomplish? Who's your main target?" blah blah blah, these sorts of questions. And before long, I just start like probing a little deeper with my questions and before long I'm asking him like you know, what's your day look like? And he goes through his day and it's, you know, get up at uh, 5 a.m. I work, then I may sometimes take a lunch break, then I work some more. Then sometimes I have dinner with my family, sometimes I don't. And then I work some more and I go to bed at 11. And he does this six days a week, sometimes seven. And so then I start asking deeper questions like, do you enjoy this? (laughs) (laughs) Do you like doing this? Is this fun for you? And of course, the answer is what? No, he totally hates it, completely hates it. But what he's done is he had a few good years. Now, he's been doing this for two decades, so keep that in mind. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he's been doing this for two decades, but what happened was he had a very strong start in his first years as a business person, and he was able to provide for himself unlike any job that he'd ever had before. And so he created a standard of living for himself based on those first couple of years and then realized, oh, hey, like I have to keep doing this. And a wife enters the picture, family enters the picture. And, you know, before as, you know, single guy, it didn't matter if he worked all day, every day. But now he has family responsibilities that he has to take care of, which he he's not and he hasn't been for some time. And you know, his marriage is miserable and he's just not a very happy person. But he has to keep the standard of living going and on and on it goes. And you can see how the cycle takes hold. And I think that to me, that's an extreme case, but I think that's the dark side of where hustle goes. You create standards that you either, and what he would, what he refused to do was really work with anyone. He wouldn't bring in any outside help. I mean, he didn't even have an admin. He had no like admin support, nothing. He handled everything of his business because he didn't want to share the profits because he, I don't know what his motivation was. We never figured that out. But that to me is the dark side of hustle. That's where I never want to go. Man. And and to me, that's screaming out 
you've got to delegate some stuff out to some other people and you don't even have anybody there to do it. You need to be that person who's only doing what you yourself are uniquely qualified to do, as we've heard other people say on this show before. And man, that's sad. Well, it's not like he couldn't. This is the part that killed me. It's not like he could not find someone to delegate to. I mean, the stuff he does is not rocket science. Right, right. I mean, he couldn't let it go. And so when I look at the dark side of hustle, that's just one side where you just get pulled in and your job, your business, your, your, it starts to control you. Yeah. How are some ways that you've found working for you in terms of combating that? The first step is I have a day every week where I do not do anything work-related. Now, to some people, that's going to sound like, well, duh. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's more rare than most people think at this day and age. The concept, I think, is it's fairly common. I think most people have an awareness of that concept. If you're coming from a faith-based background, so for folks who don't know, I used to be a pastor, uh, and this is very common in the Christian tradition. And I think in many world religions, this type of rhythm is pretty consistent. So that has always been a part of my life just forever. But when I started the business, it went away very quickly because there was just stuff to do. Yeah. And I needed all the time I could get to do it. But I've since, in the last year or so, really honed in on keeping that day set apart for doing no work. And so practically what that looks like is Saturday night, I don't always do this perfectly, but I get pretty close. So Saturday night, I turn my phone off, set it in airplane mode, and I wake up Sunday morning and I don't touch my phone. I don't take it to church. I don't take it to brunch. I don't take it downstairs. It stays up in a way where I can't touch it because I know if I get anywhere near it, what's the first thing I'm going to do? Probably if I had to guess, I would say check email. Oh yeah. Check email, tweet, Facebook, you name it. Yeah. So I have to physically separate myself from my phone. And let me point out something here. There's nothing inherently wrong with doing any of those things. The wrong part or the part where you're in error is when you come into breaking the standards you've set for yourself in terms of re-energizing yourself and taking rest. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm on my phone constantly, but there's something that happens. And the reason why I do this is not just so I can feel better about myself. (laughs) The reason I do it- Or brag about it later. Non-hustle. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. You hear people bragging about the hustle. Well, I'm going to brag about the non-hustle. <laughs> Hashtag um, non-hustle. Started right here. So anyway. So, well, I did. I, I tried to get team no hustle that hashtag going, but it didn't take off. Anyway, the reason is like when you disengage for a day, it activates a part of your brain that is, I don't want to say suppressed the other six days of the week, but is not accessed as frequently. And it gives your working brain, so to speak, it gives it a chance to breathe. And any athlete will tell you, if you work out seven days a week mm-hmm. for months and months and years on end, you're going to get an injury pretty quickly. And it may even be a significant, severe injury. Well, the brain's the same way. And so if you're constantly grinding your brain with work-related challenges, 
is going to fatigue and you're going to burn out and you're going to get taken out. I think the reason why most small businesses fail and the stats, you know, they're all over the place, but the, the reality is most small businesses don't make it past five years. I don't think it has anything to do with desire or drive or skill even, or even like, do you have a good product or service? I think it has to do with business owners or folks at the center who get completely and totally burnt out. And they say, I can't do I, mean, I can't do this. If this is what owning a small business means, I can't do this. I'm out. I'm going to go. I thought this was freedom and now it's a prison. Yeah, exactly. This is miserable. Someone else can take the risks. I'll just go collect a paycheck. That's why I think most small businesses fail. Yeah. So I don't want to fail. I want to succeed. I love this. I love building businesses. And so the setting that day apart to not do anything work. So what do I do on those days? I stay in my pajamas till like noon and we make pancakes as a family and I go to movies. I've seen so much, so many movies in the past six months. It's unbelievable. I'll grill. I'll smoke something on the smoker. I'll read non-business related books, which is really hard. <laughs> but like right now I'm reading Cat's Cradle by Kurt Vonnegut. It's totally just bizarre and weird and I love it. Nice. Yeah, but it's accessing a different part yeah. of my brain. Yeah. Well, and and so you saying that and taking that taking that day off, it's because it's not leg day. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's terminology some people will understand is to say, yes. oh, oh, it's leg day. Oh, it's back day. Oh, it's cardio day. Well, what if it's not any of those days and you let your body rest? That's what you're saying. Yeah, because your brain is your biggest asset as a business owner. And really, I think as a human, but the, the business owners that I seek to emulate, they all take incredibly good care of their brain. Yeah. Because they know it's the source of their income. And that, you know, happens in a whole bunch of different ways. But you've got to take care of that brain. You gotta make sure it gets rest. You gotta make sure it can can do other stuff. And and also you need to relationally connect with the people who bring you life and energy. So on those days I make it a a point to spend time with my wife and kids. And I try and bake, you know, bake those areas those time periods into my days in like mini breaks, but sometimes that doesn't always happen. Yeah. But I think that is the first step in really taking control of your schedule because the reality is this, if you are rested and you work from a position of rest, which is, so my days of, of rest are on Sundays, which fuels me up for the week ahead. And when you work from a position of rest, Rather than rest from a position of fatigue, you have exponential results. And this all ties together, right? So productivity mm -hmm. and rest and hustle, it all ties together. Because if you know, man, I got six days. And more so, any, I'm, lately I'm trying to do five and a half days. But I've got six days to do everything that needs to get done. You start making better decisions. You start making smarter decisions. You start giving stuff away, you start delegating, and you would think to yourself, well, one day is not going to matter that much. But what the one day does, it actually positions your mind differently as you approach work. What you were just saying made me think of the, uh, the idea or the concept of when we know we've got a vacation coming up. Mm. And so we know, oh man, it's a short week, got to get it all in this week, well, Instead, you know, and, and there's, you know, studies and different things like that out there where it's like, 
Work expands to fill the amount of time you allow it to. You could get the same amount of stuff for five days done in four days if you got that fifth day off and you'd be more refreshed. Honestly, I wish the the standard would change to that. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. It's that same dynamic where you, like most people don't need and don't work, frankly, eight hours a day. (laughs) No, we we don't. We think we do. Or at least we're not doing something that we really want to do for those eight hours. So we think of it as work, but we're not accomplishing something the entire time that eight hours. That's right. Or more. Or more in some cases. I mean, I've worked with clients, you know, we don't really have these clients anymore because they're total pains to work with, but they're the ones who are like, oh, they're always scattered. They're always hectic. It's always, oh man, we're just, everything's crazy over here. And what they are actually saying is, I don't know how to organize my own life and I don't know how to organize my team. And our business as a whole is unorganized and undisciplined. And so everyone's just running around like an insane person. Where if there was order and structure and that discipline to ratchet down and say, what are the most important things that we need to accomplish? Who is going to accomplish what? And what is the time frame in which we're going to accomplish these things? Man, you'd have a productivity explosion. Mm-hmm. And you'd have way more potential guests. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Yes. So I think starting that day is super important. And then also I talked about, you know, having those breaks in the day. That's another key component to all this. So I will, on average, take two walks a day. And they're not long. They're like 15, 20 minutes. But I will go. I will leave my phone usually uh, in the office and I will just go on a walk. I won't necessarily think about anything. I won't think about work. But inevitably, you know, thoughts always bubble up. And that's, again, positioned to give the brain time to breathe and to rest. It needs time to synthesize everything that's going on around it. And that's the way that I do it throughout the day. And then I think lastly, delegation is another key component in all this. Okay, like entrepreneurs, small business owners have to. It's a non-negotiable in my personal opinion. You must know how to delegate. And to give away the stuff that you're not strong at, but eventually give away the stuff that you are strong at. Literally, that's how you grow a business. Yeah, I I hear you. Well, what about in this digital age where we've got connections all the time, every time, anywhere, and we've got virtual teams and you don't have any virtual team members, do you? You're mostly all together now, right? Oh, no, we've got we've got a yeah, we've got a gal in Arizona. We have a gal in Oregon. We have a team in Romania. What? Yeah. Wow. They're all over the place. So I have this theory. I don't know if we want to get into this. <laughs> Give me the short version. Okay. The, the Reader's Digest version is technology reveals who we are. I can go with that. Yeah. It reveals who we are. It does not make us into something that we are not. It's the Iron Man effect. Yeah. It amplifies. He's still drunk Tony Stark That's in right. the suit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's that. So what I'm getting at is The deeper human connections I have, the less I find myself wanting to fill the void with technology. Now, that's incredibly transparent. (laughs) (laughs) I noticed this the other day when I was, we were at the pumpkin patch as a family and we were having a great time. Kids were eating, you know, apple cider donuts. We were drinking. My wife and I had hot coffee. It It was brisk. It was fantastic. And not once did I think to myself, 
I need to bring out my phone and Instagram this. Hmm. Not once. It didn't even cross my mind. Now I'm like, man, I wish I would have taken pictures. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because we had such a great time. Hey, hey but, wife, give me your phone. Let me take some right. pictures. <laughs> yeah. What I'm getting at is I feel like the reason why I didn't feel the need to go online or to pull out my phone or connect with somebody or you know send a tweet out or send a photo out was because I was fully absorbed there in the moment and having a great time connecting with my family, which was on the day of rest, by the way. I think the more that I experienced that just in general, the less I find myself needing to fill that void. Yeah. That's the, that's the short answer. Okay, pause a sec. Speaking of family, you guys are not supposed to be out here. Please go in the house. Sorry, I'm just... Are, are you in a shed? I'm in the... Hold on. <laughs> Everyone's on the treadmill. <laughs> yeah! Everyone's on the treadmill. Okay, you can take those off and then go down. You can't go down like that. It's not safe. Please, I... I'm in the upstairs loft attic area of my two-car garage. So, and the kids are not supposed to be out here. But they I'll are. I just swing that. I well, it's it's what I had to work with. Anyway, okay, they're gone. That was very ironic. <laughs> I was like, I hear them, and I hear them at the bottom of the stairs, and I'm like, okay, I they're coming up oh, here, no. and you're talking about family time, and this is hilarious. So you should totally put that in. I'm gonna try and keep as much of that as I can do without like having it fall apart. It, but it's it's hilarious to me, like that, and, and that's the key point. Is like I think you know I want to be here to have moments like that, but at the and at the same time I want to be able to go somewhere and do the things I need to do and then leave them there. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I think mm-hmm. with digital work that gets very blurry. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there's no question. The lines have been blurred. I mean, it's just like anything. Yeah. You know, there's there's a pendulum, and it's going to swing one way, and then it's going to swing another, and then people are going to find the the happy medium. So right now, I think you're starting to see a backlash of this always-on culture in some capacities. Yeah. And I think people are starting to find their own rhythms of this technology thing is not going away. Like, it's not just going to no. evaporate and vanish. So I need to figure out the new normal for me and for my business or whatever it is in light of this new reality. I know you've had a lot of thought about this yourself, but how much of this in in your standards that you've created for you and your family has come from you sitting down and having a conversation with the other members of your family, specifically your wife? Uh, She is, I don't know that's so much come from a, a conversation. It's come from... Me feeling like a complete reject of a husband and father. <laughs> <laughs> you are, you, Justin, you're not alone. Yeah. I mean, to give a, a very recent example, I will probably travel close to 100,000 miles this year, which is way too much, at least for me anyway. Well, and you've got two young kids and one brand new one. Yeah. So, so we have, can be, yeah. I mean, we got three kids. So, so there came a point where, I knew just from my own sense of awareness, I knew I'm traveling too much. But I also could tell in our family dynamic because like the kids were acting out and 
like my son Finn was would say things like, Daddy, I really miss you. He'd write me cards. And he's not like overly emotional. Or I think the, the probably the better way of saying it, he's not overtly emotional. So I had to start saying, okay, this is not good. I need to figure out a different way to do this. And it's really led to a huge breakthrough for our business. Because I was traveling to meet a certain type of client. And those clients usually ended up not only taking the most time, but they like they weren't very profitable. So I had to think, well, why am I spending all this time and energy? Why am I giving up family time to service clients that at the end of the day aren't that profitable to the business? So it has totally changed the way that I approach the type of clients that we want to serve now. So that's just one small example of breakthroughs that are happening, you know, I feel like all the time where it comes from I will generally generally get a sense of, hey, this is probably pushing a boundary. It's not any boundary that it, you know has we have hanging up in our kitchen somewhere. It's just a sense. Yeah, it's the spidey and sense. It's the spidey sense. It really is. It's that dad husband spidey sense. And then you can verify. Like I'll ask Carrie flat out, do you feel like I'm traveling too much? And she will tell me straight up, yes or no. And so then if she says no then I know, okay, this is probably just some unchecked guilt that I have or whatever. And I still need to listen to it, but I don't need to really give it a lot of credence right now. But if she says yes, then I know something's got to change. Because if she's not happy, if things get off kilter with her, that is like, that's a tailspin that I don't want to get into. Yeah. So that's kind of how that process works. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it, it, we're getting near our time here uh, ending, but uh, I'm trying to figure out what's a good landing place for somebody. I mean, how do they take their temperature hustle-wise, or how do they maybe break that hustle habit and start doing things the right way? What do you say to somebody like that? So I would, if someone is asking that question of themselves, then there's probably something inside of them that is the source of that question. And so first and foremost, I would say, pay attention to those nudges. And I would also suggest a book by a guy named Pete Scazzaro. And this full disclosure, Pete is coming at the world from a Christian worldview. But the stuff that he writes about is just profound in the sense of being a healthy person. So the book that he most recently wrote is called The Emotionally Healthy Leader. And another full disclosure, I could not finish this book. I was so convicted by it. (laughs) I couldn't finish it. And to this day, I have not finished it because I'm still implementing the stuff that I learned in the first three quarters of the book. But Emotionally Healthy Leader has some really, and there's some, there's some like Christian stuff in there. And if that's not your thing, then just skip over it because the the premise of the book isn't like, hey, go rah-rah Jesus. That's not the point. Right. The point is, hey, here's what it takes to be an emotionally healthy leader in this world. And here's how to check if you're one of those folks. Because I know like Pete was working in a job where he was burning the wick at both ends and his life was spiraling out of control. And his wife was like on the verge of divorce. And he basically almost died of a heart attack. And that's when everything changed for him. And so that is a great starting point, And you will know very quickly based on the suggestions he makes in the book, where to go from there. But I would say, 
if you feel the nudge, if you're feeling that sense of, gosh, I don't know if I can keep this up. And for me, that's what it was. It was really seeing the long view and wanting to build a sustainable business and saying, the way that I'm doing this right now, it will not work long term. So how can I do it different? If you're feeling that, read Emotionally Healthy Leader and go from there. Nice. Thank you so much, Justin. Where can people find you online and what the heck are you doing these days? Tweet at me, at Justin Wise, or find me online, justinwise.net. And right now, we're building Think Digital, trying to get these uh, small businesses into what we call a social media system. So helping small businesses uh, generate lead sales and revenue through social media. Awesome. Rock on. Thank you for being back on the show. I'm sure it's not your last time. You bet, bud. So, what does hustle mean to you? What does that word mean to you? Or what did it mean to you before you listened to this conversation? And now, what does that word mean to you? I'd love to get your feedback on this issue. I'd love to hear more about your ideas around the word hustle. And I'd love to hear any thoughts you have, actually, about this conversation over at the show notes for this episode, which you can find at beyondthetodolist.com slash 117. That's beyondthetodolist.com slash 117. And again, one of the things that you can do to learn how to avoid burnout, which hustle can lead to, or ongoing, never-ending hustle, which is not what I consider to be the true meaning of the word, One of the things that you can do to avoid that, though, to avoid burnout, is to go check out, again, my suggestion. Go ahead, and if you're not a member of lynda.com already, grab your 10-day free trial over at lynda.com slash T-O-D-O. Then type in the search, Avoiding Burnout. Those two words are going to bring up the course, again, that I have suggested you check out, all about avoiding burnout. And again, this course is a short one. It's under an hour long. It covers teaching you how to recognize some of the most common causes of burnout and how to deal with them, as well as preventing stress from building up over a number of different work or life-related issues. Again, to get this course for free, along with thousands of other courses on much more than just productivity, although there are a ton of productivity courses in there, Again, start your 10-day free trial over at lynda.com. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash T-O-D-O. And if you're finding some interesting courses in lynda.com, shoot them to me. You can go to beyondthetodolist.com and just click the word feedback. And if it's good, I'll share it with the rest of the community of listeners. I would love to share some of the other courses that you have found if you are a lynda.com member. Thanks for listening to this show. I'm Eric Fisher. I'll see you next episode.
Beyond the To-Do List is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast. Theorize over the TV shows Once Upon a Time. Laugh with our clean comedy. Delve into science fiction and philosophy. Learn critical thinking from movie reviews. And more at noodle.mx.